Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to yet another episode of the LaughSpin podcast. My name is Dylan Godino, founder and editor of LaughSpin.com, a place where hopefully you go to at least once or twice or 300 times a day to uh, check in on all the latest comedy news and videos and opinion and reviews and, and all that good stuff. Today is a special episode of the Laugh Spin podcast. You may know if you're familiar with what we do, uh, my co-host and Mike usually deliver, oh, I don't know, 35, 45 minutes, maybe an hour worth of comedy news and clips each week. But sometimes we do uh, special episodes where I interview some of my uh, favorite comedians. And that's what you're listening to now. This episode is really special to me. It's with uh, comedian Mike Berbiglia who uh, I'm sure you are very well aware of. He has a brand new album and DVD, and it's also on Netflix. It's called My Girlfriend's Boyfriend. And while it is new in that it is now commercially available, it's had a very long life. It ended, the run of this show ended only after... Many, many shows in New York City. Mike toured it through many, many states and a few different countries. This past June, he ended the whole thing off with a huge performance of the show at Carnegie Hall, which, to say the very least, is a huge deal for obviously any performer and especially a comedian. So that is a a huge deal. We talk a little bit about that, of course, and we talk about what he's kind of up to now. He's going to be hitting the road at the start of the new year with a brand new hour or maybe more than an hour of comedy. So that's very exciting. We talk about a bunch of other stuff. I won't go through everything now because I want you guys to listen to it. But I will say this. Mike is one of a handful of comedians that sort of inspired me to even start a website that covered stand-up comedy. I don't know how many of you listening to this know this or realize that in 2005 I launched the site it was called punchline magazine and about two and a half years ago we relaunched it as laughspin.com but back in 05 you know we were covering stand-up comedy when really nobody was treating it like the art form that it is and there was a handful of comedians who I was big fans of that sort of inspired me to start the site, meaning when I listen to them, I would think, why why is nobody sort of covering these comics the same way, you know, Rolling Stone covers musicians and Entertainment Weekly covers, you know, television and movies and all these arts, you know, were covered for decades in a serious editorial manner and nobody was really doing it for comedy. Mike was one of the handful of comics who I would listen to and say, you know, there's something more here. Why are people not on a national kind of level interviewing someone like Mike Birbiglia? And that was, like I said, 2005. So people like Mike Birbiglia and Greg Giraldo. And at the time, Daniel Tosh, I thought was doing, you know, really great things. This is years and years before Tosh.0, David Tell, all these guys that were doing things very uniquely. And uh, I felt there should be some attention paid to these people. 
not to make this about me, obviously it's not, but I, you know, I, I do like to let you guys know sort of where I'm coming from in some of these interviews. And if there is, you know, a relevant personal take on, you know, the conversation you're about to hear, I'd like to, uh, you know, let you guys in on it. So I'm going to shut my mouth so you can listen to the interview with Mike. I just want to thank you guys for tuning in. I want to thank Mike for giving me a nice chunk of time. Thank him for letting me into his home, which is where the interview was done. I really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, I appreciate you guys tuning in. So I will shut up now. I promise. Here's my interview with Mike. Let me set the stage. First of all, uh, apparently you guys are thinking about painting. Is that, we, is that what's yeah, happening over we there? We have color swatches on the wall, but um, the recent... Um, we have to paint the picture for people literally, um, on the wall, there's paint swatches, there's a pink, there's like an amber, yeah. there's like a lime, there's like a purplish kind of thing. And, uh, and, a, and, a, and then, uh, the recent verdict is this is how it's going to stay. Oh really? You're just going to keep the swatches up there. Yeah. Because so many people have come in and said to my wife, like me and my wife, like, this is like what you guys are like. You guys are just like ambivalent people. And uh, and so you guys should just keep it like this. And so now when they come in, we're like, yeah, what are, what are you going to go with? And we're like, yeah, this is what we're going to go with. And oh, there's like, more over there. Yeah. And they're like, really? And and we're like, yeah. Some people are really judgmental about it. And then some people are really mellow about it. Well, here's... What do you think of that? Here's my, here's my observation. What's the laugh spin take? <laughs> here's, here's the laugh spin. Uh, I got an A minus. Here's the... Ana- watch wall got an A minus. Here's my review slash analysis on this. Um, first off, a question. When you started testing these colors, um, first of all, who did that? Who, is it, is my this wife. you or your wife? My she, wife did it. Okay, yeah. so this is all of her work. Um, I don't know if you could answer this then, but we're going to, we're going to try. Okay. This is, this is important. So was her plan to make these boxes or did she start with just a few swipes and then decided let's make boxes? Because usually when I see test colors, it's not as, I'm not saying this is super artistic, Yeah. but for, for test swatches, yeah, this looks maybe like somebody meant to do a something little thoughtful yeah no, yeah no it, she my wife has she's a poet she's a writer she's she's a she has a very artistic way about her yeah very unique and i think that that's part of the reason why they are a little bit appealing like the way she did it is uh sort of unique so we're going with it but um yeah and then that's a back to the future poster <laughs> what? um that's uh this artist made um where they from memory type out what how how back to the future goes from start to finish that's what that is it's a summary it's not the script it's a summary yeah it's a summary of what their memory is of the movie back to the future that's what that is and uh <laughs> and then there's a mates of state tour poster yeah there's a there's a um, free ice cream um little man at the ucb theater that was my improv group little man that had nick kroll and later john mulaney when i was on my way out but Ed Harrow, Brian Donovan, Conrad Mulcahy in early 2000s. Wow. That was when I first moved to New York. And we used to give out free ice cream at the shows. And then after my Carnegie Hall show, um, at uh, after Girlfriend's Boyfriend did our final show at Carnegie Hall uh, in June, I gave out free ice cream in the street. Very... Um, uh, Full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Very Andy Kaufman. Yeah, very Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah. Andy Kaufman had a lot, did a lot of things right. I yeah. Think. Oh, agreed. 
Yeah. Agreed. The best thing he did, not dying. Oh. <laughs> not dead. <laughs> you really think so? He's not. No, I've no, never no. even give, gave it a thought. No, but. No. And he meditated before shows. I'm going to try that on the new tour. I'm, I'm going out on tour. I'm figuring it out right now. I, it announces very soon. I think by the time this comes out, probably going to 30 cities this winter. I'm pretty much going everywhere. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try yoga before the shows. If you, can, if you notice, I'm in my yoga outfit. That's just nice. I'm in my kung fu pants. I like Lululemon. it. Lululemon. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I do yoga like crazy. I think I'm going to start doing it um, on tour before the shows. So you've, you ha- you've been doing yoga. How long have you been doing yoga? Like a year. Actually, really? I go four or five days a week, yeah. Really? I'm still terrible at it. I'm still like the worst person in every class I'm in, but I love it. I have, I, I, I've, been, I've been meaning to do it. My wife is trying to encourage me to do it. I have nothing against it. I yeah. want to do it. What, tell me what it's... Um, the drawbacks are that like, it's mostly women in class. Right. <laughs> and so... Which would be good if you're a single guy and you're looking to meet people in yoga class, I suppose. Although I don't know if that, that seems kind of creepy. Yeah. But, uh, but the, one drawback I noticed recently is that there's like, there's all women and then there's a lot of female instructors. And so a lot of the female, there's a lot, there's a lot of female instructions. Like, well, oh, the, I the see. instructor will be like, reach back to your bra strap. And <laughs> you're on your period, lift your leg up like this so that you don't have it. And, and like, I was thinking the other day, like, I'm not mad about that, but I also wish that like once in a while they threw in some like male, like male specific instructions, like uh, reach down just below your balls where that extra little bit of hair is and uh, use your hand that you don't jerk off with. And then, uh, and then pull that, pull that flesh back. Like you pull off a condom. And uh, I don't know, that was a, like a thing I was thinking about. I was like, I was like, that's a bit, I was like, that could be a bit, but it just doesn't fit in my new show at all. But yeah. Then, but yeah. So anyway, Not I have a- that happen a lot. I write jokes and then if they don't fit with the theme of what the show is that I'm writing about, they're just gone. They're just in a notebook somewhere. You scrap them. It's just gone. You should do with what would bands do. Sometimes they release an EP who just, that's what, yeah. Radio scraps. That, right. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff that didn't make any sense thematically. Yeah, I you know I think about doing that. I think about actually maybe a couple albums from now doing a album called Burboot Legs, mm. and it's just like it's like all that. Like I take out my notebook and I do just a ton of bits that just didn't fit anywhere. Yeah, and then kind of release it for free because everything's kind of free right now anyway. Like that's what's crazy about media right now is like I say this to people on stage. I'm like these days I'm like you guys should see my movie Sleepwalk with Me or my new special My Girlfriend's Boyfriend. It's uh, it's on Netflix, so you can, uh, if you have Netflix, you can watch it, or you can just borrow someone's password, and then you'll have Netflix, <laughs> because that's how it works these days. I'm like, you can, either you can buy something that someone spent years of their life on, right? Or you can just have it, yeah. And then you're, and then people have to decide. They're like, huh, should I buy it? Or should I just have it? And they're like, I think I'll just have it. <laughs> that's what I, I mean. That's I, I. You just walked by like a pile of boxes. Yeah. There's a thousand DVDs and CDs here in the house. And the reason that um, they're there is because uh, I'm signing them all because I want I want to make it personal. There's got to be some other yeah, incentive. Like I want people to like have a thing and go. Well, yeah, he cares about this and right. he, he sent it to us, which I am. If people are yeah. listening to this. It's a weird, it's a weird situation with the Netflix 
Uh, and, and, but that's why, that's what keeps people on the road, I think, because you can't, I mean, who's making money off of album sales? Uh, yeah, no yeah I mean, you know, it's just, not even like, it doesn't even seem like Kanye is like someone as big as that. Yeah. It's all about like, touring. I think his recent album sold like half a million copies. Whereas like, I think the one that had homecoming on it and all that stuff sold like millions of copies. Right. It's like, but it's crazy. Yeah. It's all about getting on the road yeah and uh from what i understand about netflix is they sort of i mean i've talked to a lot of comedians who have who've done business with netflix yeah. i i haven't heard anything everybody seems really happy with the deals they're getting yeah netflix seems to understand that that people will yeah. be borrowing passwords and sure you know uh, so i think they're aware yeah it, it seems like they're aware because they're getting a lot of content that hbo comedy central showtime is not getting so it seems like and, and they're making some good deals to be honest with you i mean i got a completely fair deal from there if, and i don't feel and i love netflix and also to be honest with you some of my favorite comedy specials in years i mean the new doug stanhope special um is it called beer hall push it's beer like hall the push. weirdest name but yeah. it's the most brilliant special yeah i mean that special i i I don't know what network would have put that on. It's so crazy. It's <laughs> off the fucking wall, but, but it's on Netflix and it's great. Yeah. And people love it too. I mean, I, I tweet about it sometimes and I, I think people really, really dig it. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like my special is really has a good home at Netflix too, because like, I think that I think HBO has always perceived me as like not edgy enough for HBO. Right. Like they're you don't say fuck enough, Mike. Right. I don't say fuck enough. I don't say fuck. <laughs> I think at all in in the special, um, and uh, and so I think it's not right for them. And then it's not. I don't know if it's right for Comedy Central because you don't really want to cut it up with commercials. Yeah, it's very it's very much a piece. Yeah, it's a long form situation. And so I think Netflix for me right now in this moment in time is like a dream come true. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I love it. I mean, as somebody who covers comedy and, and, and attempts to be on uh, the pulse of everything that's going on, yeah. it's great to be able to, um, you know, just sit there. I watched, you know, Gary Goldman's special oh, yeah. Kathleen the Madigan's other day, Matt great. Madigan's just, uh, you know, I'm able to just line them all up and be like, it's great. Going to watch this, going to watch that. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's good. So, um, yeah, and then we're we're talking about uh, my girlfriend's boyfriend, and that's that's coming out. When is that coming out? Let's. I think November twenty sixth. You think? No, no, I honestly don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check my computer. No, I'm. I mean, it's become so unexciting to release a, a, an album and a DVD that I don't even know the date. Yeah, November twenty sixth is a is a Tuesday. And right. I think probably on the 25th, it'll come out digitally. Sure. Sure. You got quotes on here from Time Out New York and the Daily News and New York Times. Nothing from Laughspin. I don't know if you guys covered it. I have to Google it. You know when I, you know when I, we did, I did. Um, but very, very early on. Yeah. When you did it in Montreal. Well, you, you're always, you're. Yeah, when I did it in Montreal. When you were still... You're always way ahead of the curve on my (laughs) stuff. You're, like, reviewing stuff, like, before it's done. (laughs) If you're you're doing it in Montreal, then we're there. Yeah. So, yeah, it was was interesting to see it in, um, you know, when... I mean, I don't know. Do you still... Do you consider that 
still in the workshopping phase when you were in Montreal? Yeah, believe it or not, I changed it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wrote, I wrote and rewrote the show for four years. It's the most I ever, it's the most meticulous, uh, meticulously I've ever spent, uh, I've ever written a comedy show. More than Sleepwalk With Me. Yeah. Close though. Close call, but yeah. You're, I mean, the, the, the best way I could describe your, your career or your, um, material, not that you just asked me to do so, (laughs) but (laughs) I could just see it on your face that you want me to summarize your life. Dylan, Dylan, (laughs) uh, stop for a second. Can you describe, can you describe, go ahead. So you're one of very few comics where their material is so kind of rich that it can successfully be, um, I don't want to say repurposed, but successfully produced in multiple formats. You can live in a book form. It can live in an American life piece. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of amazing. So sleepwalk with me, you know, it's, uh, it was the one man show. Yeah. Uh, the book, the album, the film. Yeah. Too much, too much stuff. (laughs) I feel bad about that actually. Cause, cause I feel like, in moving forward, like I'm writing an adaptation, a film. Ad- I started out writing an ad- a film adaptation of this, this special, this album. Okay. And the new one. Yeah. And right now the phase that I'm in, in the film is like that. It's going to just be loosely based on or something like, it's not going to be like the, fi- it's not going to be quote unquote, you know, based on this. It's just going to be kind of inspired by That's right. what they say. And, and the reason is that, um, over the years I've just come to realize that it used to be that I could put stuff out and no one would really notice. Like in other words, I could put out a, I did a show of sleepwalk with me and then I did a book of sleepwalk with me and it didn't matter because the whole the people who read books are not the same people who go to comedy shows and buy comedy albums. Right. But it there's really, a little bit of crossover yeah, but, because your fans are probably buying the book. Yeah, the fans are buying both and, the, and, and they don't the, care. The book but. has, you know, 70% more, you know, other stories that weren't in, right. in the album. And so, and so there's more stuff and, and, and that kind of thing. But then like, and then like you go to make a movie and you're like, and that's a whole different group of people. Like mm-hmm. people in the, it's like people in independent film being like, oh my God, listen to this. This guy jumped through a fucking window, <laughs> you know? And then the book people are like, listen to this book people. This guy jumped through a fucking window. And then stand-up comedy people are like, this guy jumped through a window. And then eventually there's a Venn diagram right. of those worlds that met, that there's a little group of people who are like, hey, I saw and read all of those things. And you got to tell another. <laughs> story there's just this is too much of the same story and i actually i really respect that from an from a consumer point of view but i have to say to those people that moving forward i don't think i'm gonna ever repeat stuff in multiple media okay media because i understand now that now that my stuff is out there like at the time no one knew who i was and so right. it didn't really matter i you know i'd never come out with a book and so all these people in the book world are like oh who is this person right oh this guy's funny you know and that kind of thing, especially with This American Life. Like I would do stories in This American Life and people listen to public radio. They don't watch stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. So there's like no crossover there. Right. 
And, you know, if the if the market wants it, then you can't say, you know, you can't say no to it if. if yeah, but but, you know, Louie had to deal with this. And I think he's been really smart about it because there was a period of time where he had crossover yeah. with his show and some material and some specials. And then I think he I don't know if he publicly did this, but I think at a certain point he just said, hey, guys, I'm not repeating material anymore in different media. And if I do, I'm going to tell you. Right. Like he released a special where he's like, just so you know, this is material that some of you saw in the TV show. Right. Which I think is the way to do it. Yeah. I think that's really smart. To be upfront. And the other thing he did was, uh, I mean, he's filming now the next episode, uh, the next episode, next the next season, season yeah. of Louie. Uh, and originally that filming was supposed to be done, I don't know, a year ago or so he, that the other thing he did was he wanted there to be some distance between you know him touring and like the television show sure um so he got you know the the series got re-upped but then he said you know we're gonna take a beat yeah uh because i think he's i think he's scared of you know just uh, you know flooding the market like like i i could see him thinking people are gonna get sick of my stupid face yeah i wonder i I think maybe he was just tired. I don't know. I mean, that I too. I don't talk to him much, but like, <laughs> but it, but yeah, maybe he's tired and worried. But but one of the things about Louis that's fascinating is he, as a comedian, he's great, and as a filmmaker, he's great. But he's also like revolutionized the way that people um, get comedy. Yeah, like the five dollar download concept. It like it changed like Comedy Central copied it. Yeah. Like this huge Viacom corporation <laughs> is like, hey, this one guy did this thing. We're going to steal that idea. Yeah. And and good for them. I mean, it's a good idea, so that's good that they did it. But yeah. like but like it's 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 kind of baffling. And then he did the Ticketmaster thing, which is like for years I've been frustrated with the Ticketmaster thing. For yeah. years I've been saying that we have the same agent, Mike Berkowitz, and I've been saying to Mike Berkowitz like Berkowitz, these ticket fees are killing me. It's devastating for fans. They get so mad, all this shit. And then, and then like, uh, and then Louis came along and he was like, I'm not going to, I'm going to figure out how to crack it. And he right. cracked it. I mean, it's amazing what he's done. That really is. Yeah. I don't know how he's time to do all. Of I don't know either. No, I don't get it. I, uh, I don't get it. I got two kids and I'm married and, uh, I, uh, I feel like I don't have time to do shit. You mean you haven't um, you haven't changed concert ticketing forever? I haven't in your free time. <laughs> I've done very little in the way of revolutionizing <laughs> anything. <laughs> you have those? Did you do you have those five dollar download diapers? I don't. I don't. You should invent that. I I should invent that. <laughs> that would that would be very. You print out the diapers. Yeah, well, with uh, what, you, what do you with call the 3D it? Printing, with the 3D you, printing, you could, yeah. Why? Here's here's my thing. I know that we're off track, digressing, or who cares? I mean, yeah. is there a track? I don't think so. I don't know. Why is 3D printing exists? Why is that not the top news story? <laughs> yeah. Why don't we talk about that all every the time? second? Every second. Yeah, yeah. 3D printing. We should talk about that constantly. Why are people's minds blown like every single day? It's available. You can go and buy a 3D printer for like a thousand, two thousand bucks. Is it really affordable? Yes. It's like a, not that a thousand or two thousand dollars. It's like pretty affordable something for something buy, that but... creates something out of nothing. I don't even. Yeah, it's. 
Why it, is that it, not? It's baffling. There's a few news stories like that. It was like 3D printing and climate change, which should be like on the cover of every newspaper and magazine yeah. and comedy blog all the time. And comedy blog. <laughs> <laughs> that would draw some. Yeah, maybe yeah. We, we'll do that. We'll do yeah. that. More stories about Benghazi. Yeah, yeah. What if, what, yeah, what if Laughspin just had like your perpetual cover was just like, what the fuck is going on with the earth? <laughs> Question mark, exclamation point. I think that would be, that would be good. We should do that. Yeah. And then you click through and it's just a headshot of Gary Gullman. You're like, oh, okay. Which is, he's a handsome man. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want to see a, a headshot of Gary Gullman? Yeah, yeah, sure. He's a funny, handsome man. Sure. Uh, so, okay. So now you're, you're, you're working on new stuff. You're work, you're workshopping stuff. Yeah. I'm going on tour. The new shows, the new tour is called thank God for jokes. Okay. Yeah. We go on sale soon. And you are, you're heading out to LA to do a few shows. Yeah. Those, uh, yeah. Those are like the quote unquote working it out shows where I work out material. Right. And so tell me a little bit about, uh, that show. What is, what, what is, what is going on? And is there a, is this uh, more of a traditional stand-up show? Is there a through line? Yeah, right now it is. It's like, like Two Drink Mike was my first album, and it was, uh, it was very much just jokes. Yeah, based. it's just joke after joke after joke, um, and and uh, and I always thought I would do a sequel to that album and return to that form and 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 do like Five Drink Mike, you know. But then the more I wrote it, the more I was like, oh, I feel like this these stories and these jokes are all about, they're all about jokes. Mm-hmm. And so then I thought, I actually, I think it's possible. I was telling my agent, Mike Berkowitz about what the special, what the show is about. And I think he might've even said, what about thank God for jokes? And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Cause I do, I do like talking about religion. I like talking about Jesus and cause I went to Catholic school for seven years and everything. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's all in there. And, uh, and it's really, I mean, honestly, it's like, it's the funniest show I've ever done kind of laughs, laughs per show. Like, I feel like all from all the things I learned from two drink Mike and, and sleepwalk with me and my girlfriend's boyfriend, like, I feel like it's the culmination of kind of all I've learned, but it's, it, yeah, it's yet to have like a, like an arc the way that my girlfriend's boyfriend and sleepwalk do, right. do. like, it doesn't have a dramatic arc. It's just like the funniest things I can think of, uh, you know, that happened to me. Yeah. So it seems like you're, you, even when you try to just kind of parse out your jokes, you know, joke, you know, joke after joke after joke, you seem to, you naturally kind of go back to this longer. I mean, even though this show doesn't have the dramatic arc, you would say that it still is more cohesive than, you know, say a comedian who's doing just jokes that. Yeah. Like I, I always want my shows to feel like a single continuous thought. Right. Like I never want to feel like, like the thing I hate most in comedy is segues. Mm. Like I just can't stand when I see, uh, like, you mean forced segues? Like when you can yeah. tell there's a segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, see. I like invisible segues. Like I, right. I, I, I can't stand it when you're watching a comedian go. Speaking of scissors, it's like no, <laughs> you weren't really speaking about scissors. And even if you said the word scissors in that bit, it's right. not what the bit was about, right? You know, and, and <laughs> I hate that. And then like, 
you know, as opposed to like, you look at like, like I was saying, Doug Stanhope is great. It's like, Doug Stanhope is just like, you just kind of, whenever you watch him, you just feel like, man, this guy's just kind of blurting out like everything <laughs> in his subconscious. Like yeah. he's not, he's not going, speaking of this, uh, speaking of bottled water. It's like, <laughs> if, you, if he started doing that, you'd just be like, why is Doug Stanhope talking like other comedians? <laughs> um, you know, and even Patrice, we were talking a little bit before this about, you know, Patrice never felt like he had segues at all. It just yeah. felt like, oh, this guy's just kind of letting out right. what's on his mind. And I feel like that's sort of where you want to be is, uh, you know, Maria Bamford's like that. Like, you never feel like you're, she's doing a segue. No. Tig, you uh-huh. know, like Tig Notaro. Like these are, I, I feel like that's kind of the idea is I want to come out and it's just, you know, I'm, I have, it's 90, the show's 90 minutes long. I come out, I do 90 minutes and hopefully you're just laughing and laughing. And you never feel like there's a, there's a, there's a change in topic. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's a difficult thing to accomplish. Yeah. Um, and like you said, you named some comedians that are able to pull that off, you know, pretty seamlessly. It's one of the signs of a of a seasoned vet, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although some seasoned vets, I'm not going to name names, still do some pretty harsh segues. Yeah, I think to a certain extent, um, I think maybe those comedians feel that that comforts the crowd a little bit. Sure. You know, uh, Oh, crowd comforters. Damn. <laughs> These damn. crowd comforters Trying comedians. to please the crowd. Trying to make the audience happy and feel like <laughs> they got their tickets worth. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. So this show is all about jokes and like, I like, you know, like I did this line where I talk about being a comedian and, uh, how like, I don't, I jokes are a funny thing. It's like, I kind of worship jokes in a way. Like I feel like all, all comedians and comedy lovers and critics, like we all share this thing of like, like a great joke. There's nothing like it. Like it's almost a religious experience because there's like a truth in it. And there's like a, you're laughing and there's like a truism in it. And it's just like, there's something in it that's so, um, potent and, uh, and, and, and moving and makes you feel closer to people. And, and, but I, I oddly don't, People, anybody who tell you know who knows me outside of being on stage, like would tell you, like I don't tell a lot of jokes off stage, you know, and yeah, and because it's just like uh, it's too much potential for awkwardness, and I don't want right. to enter my life too much, and so you know sometimes I'll be at a, like last week I was at a party and this guy was like, oh yeah, you're a comedian, like how come you're not funny now? And I wanted to just be like, well, I'm just gonna take this conversation that we're having, right, and then repeat that to strangers and then that's the joke right you're the joke later <laughs> and that's uh yeah i mean that, that and that's kind of i feel like jokes in a nutshell is like they're this odd thing where in the moment like that's the thing that people are always coming up to you going like oh you should use this in your act or or you know i'll be at thanksgiving with my my wife's family sometimes and they'll be like are you gonna use this and, and the answer is like i don't know right like i i, I don't know how my brain is going to contextualize what has happened right. here to know, but maybe. Right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I like what you said about, uh, that jokes, comedy lovers and comics, uh, they, they embrace jokes because, um, they make them feel, uh, closer with other people, I, with other people yeah. that there's truisms in it. The, the main thing I 
see i i was never a comic i've never told a joke on stage i have no desire to do so i you know wouldn't do it the thing that i love about it is through my you know day to day hour to hour a lot of things i do throughout the day just reminds me of things i've heard comedians say yeah and that for some reason that gives me comfort yeah uh you know i relate to that every time you know i uh you know, I was watching, we, we mentioned Gary Goldman. I was watching his special the other day on Netflix and he's got this bit about, um, how, you know, when you're in the doghouse with your girlfriend, she tells you to sleep on the couch. Little does she know that's exactly where we want to be. I love, I love, <laughs> I love sleeping on the couch. I, I love it. So now every time I sleep on the couch, you know, he, his whole thing is that, yeah, sure. You know, put us, you know, let us sleep in a place that's the the closest thing to a womb that there yes. is, where the biggest television in the house that is. That is a great bit. It's great. Yeah. And so and now every time that I sleep on the couch, I think of Gary Goldman. Every time I eat a piece of pizza in the city, I think of you, Mike. Oh, that's Like, nice. I'm not even, I mean, oh, it's just. Really nice. But, you know, it's it's not, it's just every little it's it's just great it it, it gives me yeah it, it gives me comfort is our it's our own little homily about the world yeah the gospel is like <laughs> i guess the gospel is like life and then comedy <laughs> is like the homily or the yeah is that how it goes yeah like yeah this well there's the yeah there's the, the you read from the yeah from the bible Mm-hmm. That's the gospel, right? Oh man, it's been so I, I long think so. since I've been it's, to church. It's been yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My parents gave up pretty uh, pretty early on after come. Were you confirmed? No, I dropped out at like twelve or thirteen. Oh, but dude. I was so full on before that. You got to get confirmed because at least you get like a bunch of money and a party and stuff. Then you stop. Well, I remember. Um, no, I know. I mean, I, I really <laughs> did it wrong. You did I it just wrong. Did it flat out wrong, but. I used to, one of my favorite things was going to church. I wanted to be a priest as a kid. Mm-hmm. And um, partly because priests just get a lot of leeway with laughs, I feel like. Like a, like a priest version of a joke. Sure. Is like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, boy. And people will be like, Father Patterson's hilarious. I'm like, <laughs> he's not hilarious. <laughs> right. He's just kind of like, I, I don't know. But, but um, so, and then we used to, my favorite part of church when I was a kid was singing the hymns. And uh, we used to sing this hymn, and it goes, uh, what, what church did you go to growing up? I was a Catholic, oh, Catholic. Roman Me Catholic, too. yeah. Me too, yeah. So we used to sing this, uh, Christ has died, Christ is risen. Christ, Christ will come, come again. again. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, if, if that's your voice, sure. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and my brother Joe, who I feel, I, I feel emphatically introduced me to the idea of comedy. Yeah. He's four and a half years older than me. He would sing parodies of that song <laughs> as we were singing the song. So that he came up with. He came up with original parodies. He was like the Weird Yankovic of church. He would say, Christ has lied, Christ is in prison, Christ will come at ten. Which is my, which is the best line. Christ will come at ten. Like this idea that Christ is coming at a very specific time. So, uh, so don't, don't be late because Christ will be here at 10, 10 PM Eastern. That's great. Isn't that great? That is, that's great. And you were able to, did you keep it together 
in church oh, or did laugh. you lose I it? I was laughing so hard. And, and it was funny because was, that was my first introduction really to jokes. And I remember just thinking like, because you know, there's so much fear in, in religion, especially when you're a kid, you know, you're like seven years old and they're like, there's this guy, Jesus, and he loves you and you love him too. Right. And you're like, wait, do I know this guy? You know, there's like so much fear. And, uh, and, and so in some ways like that idea of a joke was so, um, cathartic for me like the idea of laughing and you know in, in church and at these things that are so serious and so sacred and and that's what i think is so special about comedy is that it 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 takes on the things that are the status quo that make us feel uncomfortable and and makes us feel more comfortable with them and that's why i think that's why comedy lovers and comedy and comedians all have this bond because we're all like yeah let's do that yeah yeah, everyone is is nervous and scared and, and frightened. And uh, I think comedy, yeah, I mean, I think it's why, you know, shows like The Daily Show and The Colbert Report are so popular. Oh my God, it's incredible. They, because, the, yeah, those shows are incredible. Because mainstream news can't do what they do. They I, Because, I don't know, maybe they'll lose their viewers if they... I think the it, reason why The Daily Show... I've thought about this a lot recently because I tweeted recently something about like you know, the daily show is, is the best news show on TV or yeah. something like that. And, and I was thinking about why, and I think it's because there's, there's no, um, political angle to the daily show. It's just based on comedy and comedy's target is hypocrisy. Right. And hypocrisy crosses the aisle. Right. There's Republicans who are hypocrites. There's Democrats who are hypocrites. And if you just go after hypocrisy, then there's a lot of material and it's not biased. Yeah. Like, I really don't think that that show has a bias. Like, they really have gone after, like, the healthcare website. Yeah. You know, big time. And it's hilarious. Yeah. But it's harsh. I mean, it's really harsh. I mean, Obama's, like, really down right now. Like, his approval rating is, like, 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 like I think below 40 and, like, yeah, it's, dropping. it's 30-something. Yeah. yeah, and it's dropping. And, like... It's, you know, if you were, if someone were to make the argument like Daily Show's biased, it's like, no, they're like really like pissing in his legacy right now yeah. as it's happening. If they were biased, they would be doing things about how the other side is conflating these charges. Right. Or they way. would sort of ignore it or they, they would, they would, they would cover something else. That's right. Exactly. But I mean, they don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've, they've incredible. It is. It is. And Colbert, I mean, he's. Although, you know, conservatives will will never admit that The Daily Show is uh, unbiased. They'll they'll always figure out a way to, to, you know, prove that even though, you know, Jon Stewart is making fun of Barack Obama, he could be making fun of him more or yeah. better or more harsher. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I disagree. I respectfully disagree, Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> you respectfully disagree with the Republicans that I have... That you've insulted. That I've insulted. <laughs> Just know which side that Dylan and I are on. I'm on the side of America and Dylan is on the side of communists. That's right. Communism, you know. Yeah, had some strong has some strong points. On paper. Yeah, some, sure. you know, it's yeah. some of it's good. Absolutely. Some of it's good. Some There's of it's smart people involved, yeah. <laughs> Mike, I've been uh you were one of the to make this more about me, this interview. Sure, yeah. Um you were one of the first people when I launched this site, it was called Punchline Magazine yes. uh, in 2005. And you were one of the first people I ever interviewed. You were one of the first people that I kind of listened to 
and thought, hey, maybe somebody should be covering comedy in a more thoughtful, meaningful way. Uh, Guys like you and Geraldo and uh, Daniel Tosh at the time. Um, So it's nice to kind of eight years later to sit here in your... Can we give out your address? That's cool, right? (laughs) (laughs) I live in Brooklyn. Let's just say that. Um, But it's cool. It's very nice to see you come to come so far. It was two. It was two drink Mike era. Mike, yeah, yeah. is when is I think when I first spoke to you. You've come a long way, baby. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) It's uh, no. It feels like you know. I'm always trying to evolve, and I feel like this album is the best. (laughs) It's funny. I feel like this is the best album I've ever come out with. Like in the end of comedy albums, like in the end of the music industry and <laughs> CDs. Like this is like, I'm holding it up the CD right now. Like this may be the last CD anyone purchases in America. I don't know. I mean, maybe yeah. physically, no physically, I but there as uh, I've been, I, I've been doing my market research. There has since 2005, mm-hmm. there has been a huge increase in the amount of comedy album and special releases. Yeah, no, huge. I, I, no, and and I, I I know that's true, and and also like, yeah, I feel like I've come a long way. I feel like the the if people are listening to this and they don't know my work or they don't, uh, you know, or, or 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 they do and they're like maybe curious about getting this, um, I would just say like I I really put my heart into it. Like it's not like it's not for like nothing that I put this out like I put it out because I really love it and I really care about it and I spent years on it yeah and I, I and I hope that people like it too I think they will yeah I hope so unless they hate joy <laughs> in, <laughs> is that what it is unless they hate joy and laughter yeah um oh you know what I, I meant to uh we were talking about yoga before uh and you've been you've been doing yoga for uh, almost a year. Almost a year. Eight and a half months. What have Ten you months. been... That's right. We got off track because uh, I, I, I honestly did want to ask you about yoga. How how has it benefited you? You know, I think just like uh, it's the one time of day where I'm not... I'm forcing myself not to think. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an overly... I mean, that's why I'm a comedian. I, I overthink things. Sure. Um, I, I get worried about things. I get anxious about things. And then somehow I channel that into this material and these, you know, specials and movies and albums and things. And, uh, but sometimes you got to shut it off because I'm, I'm a stress. I'm just stressed out. Yeah. And, and I, and I feel like I worry about too much and I, and then I feel like it's, it's really helped that it's like this one, it's like 90 minute period in the day where I'm like, okay, no matter what, I won't think. Right. That period. Got so it's it. been really cool. Do you feel like it's uh from a physical standpoint, do you think it's helped? Well, I'm rocking this bod right now that <laughs> people can't hear <laughs> through the uh through their earbuds, but but I'll just I'll I'll talk you through from uh Yeah, let's do it. To toe. My head is uh it's a beautiful oval uh no i don't know <laughs> i don't know how that bit ends that bit ends with me describing my toenails and then clipping them <laughs> the uh no yeah i'm physically sure i mean i'm just more agile a little more agile yeah i'm not like fitter really but 
I can touch my toes. I can never touch my toes in the. You remember the, the um, the gym class. Sure. Thing where you have to touch your toes. It's, it's while like sitting the, down. Well, yeah, yeah, no standing up. I think. Yeah, I don't think. Let's. I don't think it's, I could touch my toes. So, so like I can do that. Just bending from your. Yeah, I can. I can't do that bending from my. I have to bend my knees. <sighs> yeah, I used to fail those. What is it called? The presidential. The presidential fitness. fitness. <laughs> yeah. I used to fail those. I mean, they really would just look at me and like shake their head and be like, "Oh yeah, I don't know what to tell you." And so now I've, I've, at age 35, I'm going to pass the presidential fitness test. You should, we should, uh, should go back to middle school and do the presidential fitness test. That would be awesome. <laughs> Whatever the local school is here, just show yeah, up. Yeah. Hey, I'm just here for this one thing. <laughs> just here for the presidential fitness test. Thanks for having me. Hey kids, Mike Birbiglia, a comedian. You wouldn't know me. Listen. Oh, I don't know. You Billy Madison it. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I love it. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to go on tour. I'm going to find... If any yoga instructors are listening to this, you should tweet at me. Because in every town, I'm going to work with a yoga instructor. I just came back from Cincinnati. Yeah. Had great yoga instructors there. Really? Yeah. It's great. Same thing in Nashville. Really good uh, <laughs> yoga instructor in Nashville. That's good to know. That's yeah, great. You're going to really, um, that's going to be good for the, uh, the yoga economy in each town you hit. That's what I try to do. I'm just trying to service the yoga economy. The yoga tour. Yoga tour 2014. Yeah. I love it. I like it. This is, uh, this is our very, this is a very kind of peaceful moment in the podcast. It's fitting because we're talking about yeah. something very. It's discussing it has lowered our heart rate. I like that. Made this really uh, soothing and soft and like we're like Delilah on the radio. The nine cups of coffee I had today are like, <laughs> it's like I could barely. What's the end game, Mike? What's life all about? What are we? That's a really good question. Definitely rethinking that. Do you ever just want to quit? Just quit. Go move to like a Nordic country. I don't think I could. I don't think I could quit. I do think that what I got into this for is not what I'm now in it for. I think that, in other words, I think what I got into comedy for was, oh, I like making people laugh and then I'll, I'd like to get famous. You right. Know? And then at a certain point, you get maybe like a hint of that fame. Yeah. Which is, I feel like, what I've gotten, like a hint of that. And you go, oh, I don't want that. I, what I want to be is really good at this. Okay. Because when you're really good at it, you can make people feel something and experience something that they didn't expect to feel. And that can be even euphoric and life-changing, I venture to say, um, yeah, at its best. Um, and and that, and that's what it's about. That's what it becomes. I feel like that's what becomes the fixation at a certain point if you're lucky you're yeah. just like oh, i don't want to want to be well known i want to just be like i want to like have this be a real job right where you're like affecting people and they're affecting you and it's positive and it feels like good can you do you think you can do both can you blow up to the can you become super famous and do that 
I think so, yeah. I mean, it's happened. I mean, I think Cosby did that. Yeah. I think Pryor did that. Right? There's there's definitely some people. I think Kaufman did it. Sure. You know, like we were speaking of Kaufman. Um, Lenny Bruce did it. Yeah, it happens. It's I I it, I don't think it happens that often. Right. I think it can happen. But it's not the goal. I don't think it's the goal. Yeah. It is for some people, but I feel like it's a little bit transparent. Who? <laughs> oh. Who? Tell me, Mike. I am not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say, but I do. Don't you think that is apparent in, 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 in the field? Sometimes you go, man, that guy's like not, or that woman or that guy, they're not working hard enough at what what they're saying substantially like there's they're substantively like they're just not there's nothing there yeah why is this person on stage sometimes i'm like that thinking that why why not and not new people because you know there's comedians who've been at it three four years and they just haven't found their voice yet sure but some people you know seven eight years nine years ten years we're talking about popular people yeah or you're yeah yeah, sure yeah well, I could tell you why they're on stage. Yeah, because, because it's working. Because so they're getting paid. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's working. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are we done? What do we? I, I don't even know if we have anywhere to go from here. How should we wrap it up? We can wrap it up like this, uh, Mike. I appreciate you talking to me. It's been nice. Thank you for welcoming me into your home. Oh, thank you. Can I sleep here one day? Sure. Yeah, we have. Yeah. You can go on the couch. It's like a womb. It is like a womb. <laughs> that's a that's a lovely couch. No, seriously, Mike. Thank you for uh, for chatting. Uh, if people are listening to this, uh, please uh, please go out and do buy my girlfriend's boyfriend. It's a uh, it's a lovely comedic treat, and it's got lots of nice blurbs on the back of it. <laughs> It's on iTunes. That's the place that everybody gets it. iTunes, right. Sure, sure. Uh, Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dylan. I appreciate it. It's an eight-year anniversary of our friendship. (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it. Mike Berbiglia. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in to the Laugh Spin podcast. I really do appreciate it. If you haven't already, please go and buy Mike Berbiglia's CD or the DVD or go download it on iTunes or go watch it on Netflix. It is there in many forms. You have no excuse not to consume the greatness that is my girlfriend's boyfriend. Do it and also do this. Go to iTunes. Go find the Laugh Spin Podcast on iTunes. If you aren't already a subscriber, please do subscribe and leave a review there. You could also check us out on SoundCloud and on Stitcher and TuneIn.com. We will see you next time on the Laugh Spin Podcast. Podcast.